Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, so Cody, March 23rd was the last time we recorded an episode, or last time we published an episode. It is now August 4th, 2020, so my question for you is, has anything interesting happened in the last couple of months? Anything relevant or noteworthy in the world, the country, the realm of college football, or just sports in general? I think, anything? I think, I think quite a few things have happened that we have to discuss or, or at least try to touch on. Okay, because I, I heard about like like a disease or something that might be spreading, you know, also, you know, social unrest. There's there's just, you know, a, a couple little things. No, you know, nothing huge, just a couple little things. No, they're not um, little. Trust me, they're not little. <laughs> It's, so, uh, it's a lot um, of stuff. So obviously a lot of things to talk about. Um, we have taken a longer hiatus than usual. Uh, Matt here with you, um, as always, joined by Cody Anderson. Uh, welcome back to Gotta Talk. We are excited to be back. And we we took that hiatus, uh, you know, for a reason. I, I think both of us wanted to record um, for a while now, and we put it off just because there's so much uncertainty. Um, you know, th- this is a college football podcast. There's still a ton of uncertainty in the world of college football. It is a fluid situation. It's developing every day. But we kind of felt like now's maybe the best time, uh, you know, that we're going to get uh, where the picture is becoming a little bit more clear. Obviously, a ton more can change. Um, but just just this week, you know, again, as we're recording this, and I want to make that clear on uh, August 6th, and we're going to get this up as, as soon as we can, but <clears throat> we know that the state of Georgia Southern's football season has already changed significantly. We've already lost two games that were scheduled in the Ole Miss game that was announced uh, a little while ago, and then most recently losing our season opener at Boise State. So we're going to talk about losing both of those games, what that means for the program, potential for replacing those games. We'll also talk about some of the other games that may or may not be in jeopardy on the schedule, what kind of the conference will look like, what the COVID-19 pandemic and things like testing and safety protocols and all this might have to do, you know, might uh, what impact it might have on the season, on on fans coming, on uh, you know travel, on uh, players possibly missing you know time, so so another kind of ca- caveat there. So a ton, a ton to talk about, but we're uh, you know we're happy to be back and excited to to break this down, Cody. Yeah, yeah, happy, but just to kind of reiterate your point there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if this was a normal year, like the past, I think, couple of seasons that we've been doing this, you know, we probably would have already came out with, what, like one or two episodes by now? Um, oh, yeah, you usually, know, usually doing, July, yeah. Yeah, a preview, you know, season, offense, defense. Obviously, this is going to be a lot different than those. Yeah. Um, because, as you said, the, the, the whole season right now is still so fluid. I mean, we hope to play at least 10 games, but, I mean, that can change in, you know, two weeks, three weeks, or even tomorrow. So we're going to try to do our best to kind of navigate through all this, and we hope, um, among anything else, that we can at least have at least the 10 games that are still on our schedule now and get those played. But um, that is, man, that's a long road from now, and the way that things have been so crazy this year, you just don't know. So mask up, people, and uh, let's... um, Let's hope that we have a, a great college football season for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, we're both itching for college football, like I'm sure all our listeners are. And you know, like Cody said, we we want to see we want to see a season. Um, we want to see it, you know, done safely. Obviously, I mean, that's that's the most important thing. Um, is is uh, student athlete safety, safety for coaches, staff, and fans. And you know, as, as long as we can play games and and do it safely, we want to see as many as possible. You know, so. Um, with, you know, with that and, and yeah, I mean, we, we would have recorded a couple episodes probably in July. Um, but 2020 is, is not a normal year. We, we know that, right? So this is not going to be a normal episode. It's not going to be kind of your traditional season preview. We will get into some of that, but I, I I do think that we would be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about everything that's kind of happened over the last couple months and, and just the impact of, uh, you know, the pandemic and, and, and what it is having, not just on sports and college football, but specifically Georgia Southern. So starting with that, Cody, I guess let's begin with the most recent news and that's uh, losing the Boise State game. So I mentioned losing Ole Miss. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but obviously that's the season opener. So September 5th. So now we've got a open date there. Uh, we also have week zero as an option um, with, uh, you know, the Sun Belt announcing that um, that could still be in play, that we, uh, you know, Sun Belt basically is, is par for the course. You know, they're continuing their eight game conference schedule and then allowing teams to play as many non-conference games as they want to try to fill out that that 12 game schedule. So, we are now down two games, um, and then, like I said, most recently being Boise State. So that was a big matchup, two really good group of five teams. A lot of our fans, including you and I, were looking forward to that game. It was the first part of a home-and-home. Home. Uh, I did see that, as of now, Boise State is planning to return the favor and come to Statesboro in 2024. So it's just now a matter of trying to reschedule that game um, where we go up there for a future date, whether that's before 2024 or after. I don't know all the details there, but I know our new AD, Jared Banco, is working on it. Yeah, and and with um, how our new AD has performed so far uh, since he's been hired, I would expect that he would be able to get this done. Um, I've been really impressed with him so far, so I have no worries there. I think it's just the kind of the overall disappointment of not getting to play that season opener when when you thought that you would. And then on top of that, Boise State's a a great opponent, and it would be kind of nice to kind of get a a good litmus test as to where we're at as far as against, you know, a perennial top group of five school that has – that really is kind of where our program wants to be at. You know, considerably, you know, in the conversation for to be a, a you know New Year Six team, and one of those kind of respected group of five teams that are that is always um, talked about as far as you know if they were ever going to be an invite to a Power Five, we would be in that conversation. So, you know, I think that for me is kind of where I'm at there. It's it's a it's a it would have been a great opportunity to go out there and kind of show kind of how good this football team is. And, um, you know, it's just a kind of a, you know, one more disappointment in, in regards to, to this 2020 season. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm more upset about this than the old Miss game. I am, you know, obviously there's a lot of different factors at play, you know, with Ole Miss being our quote unquote big money game, you know, our only power five opponent, 
the Boise State game, like I said, part of a home and home. But yeah, two two perennial powers in G five. Uh, one that you know in us that are still kind of making our mark, and one that we're basically trying to emulate. We've talked about it before on the podcast that you know with the move up to FBS, that's kind of the program that we kind of you know want to follow you know and 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 you know everyone knows across the country who boise state is and and they they respect them and they take them seriously when they play them no matter you know who they're playing so um that's that you're right it would have been a, a great kind of barometer to to measure where we stack up and and what was looking to be a really strong season for us and still could be i mean you know we, we still bring the same team back you know and, and it, it just the schedule is going to look a little different than we thought but that would have been just a really good test for us um starting off and then playing Campbell and and kind of easing into the season there and into the conference schedule but now you know we don't get that but maybe you know Benko can work some magic we can replace that game with another really high quality opponent let's hope you know maybe it won't be a power five team maybe it won't be quite the stature of a g5 powerhouse in Boise but you know may, maybe we replace it with an American team you know maybe we replace it with uh, a really good you know conference USA team or somebody like that who knows maybe the ACC which you know we'll get into that but obviously a couple conferences not going fully conference only having that option for you know plus one games Obviously, they've already had non-conference scheduled, so you would think that they would try to keep, you know, at least one of those in that slot. But it's possible that, you know, maybe we get an ACC team um, to open the season. Who knows? You know, um, there's just, again, so much uncertainty yeah, there. But it, uh, There is. And, and you have to also, too, think about this. You, you know, you only have probably right now at this point 30 days to get something scheduled, right? And, and really a lot shorter than that because you at least want to give your team a couple of weeks notice as to who they're going to play. So, you know, so that's one layer of difficulty. On top of that, the other layer of difficulty is who wants to kind of really take their college football team out of their little bubble that they have locally, right? So is Georgia Southern going to be comfortable traveling to, let's just say, Middle Tennessee State or somewhere like uh, uh, UAB or some other group of five school that, you know, we're not exactly sure what their protocols are in far as far as COVID testing or COVID procedures. You know, is it more of a risk for us to go there and, and get somebody or a group of a personnel group infected? You know, um, you certainly don't want any of your coaches to get it. And then they have more of the severe side effects um, of the disease. And now you're out a coordinator and two position coaches. You know, so there's a lot to think about more than just trying to reschedule quickly and giving your team prepared you got to also make sure that we're researching who we're going to if we're the away team and making sure that everything is safely in place for our players and coaches to come back safely yeah no I agree and I mean obviously you know Boise that that was going to be a long trip you know across the country to Idaho but like you said you know going to Birmingham Alabama or going to Murfreesboro Tennessee you know is that better? I mean, obviously, it's a shorter trip. You know, you could take a bus instead of a plane. But, you know, you again, like you said, you don't know their protocols necessarily. So it's just a lot to consider, a lot more than you obviously would have to normally consider in a normal college football season. And like we said, this is not going to be that. So 
Um, you know, Boise, just to kind of recap that, you know, they lost their game against Florida State. That was a part of a home-and-home. Home. Um, that game has been uh, canceled. They played there last year, actually beat them in Tallahassee. Um, so I, <clears throat> I'm sure they'll probably work on rescheduling uh, the back end of that home-and-home home for Florida State to go to Boise at a future date. Marshall, it seems like they're going to keep that game. Uh, that was kind of the toss-up that we saw once the Mount West announced their plan to do uh, conference plus two. Um, so we were like, okay, they've got three non-conference games, us, Marshall, and BYU uh, to kind of contend with. And it seems that, that we were the odd man out there. So that's, you know, yeah. again, disappointing, but it, it kind of makes sense. The Marshall game is part of a home-and-home. Home. They're already playing them. They do come to Marshall. So, I mean, you know, instead of us going across country to them, they're coming across country well, I to think play that's, in West Virginia. I think that's due to the part that they said that they couldn't start their season prior to September 26. So I think that yeah. also had a, a big factor to do as to why I think Marshall was chosen over us. Um. So, I mean, it's disappointing. I'm disappointed. Um, it had been a great test to see where we were at. I think we had a pretty good shot um, at taking them down. I, th- look, the, the play at their place is just as difficult to play in Paulson. It had been, it had yeah. been a huge test. And if we would have won it, um, it would have been a great victory. I'm sure as far as a national coverage of it would have went, it would have been why did Boise State lose, not how well did Georgia Southern play. Um, right. But I think we could have – use that as, as huge momentum to go forward and you know if we would have happened to have gone let's just say undefeated then I think it had been a no-brainer at that point that uh, we'd have been the New Year Six team for sure with who we have yeah. on the schedule originally. It would, have been a, it would have been a great stepping stone and honestly it would have been fun for the fans that could have made it out there. I was planning on going out there you know if, if all this wasn't going on you know I even even if that game was still scheduled, uh, you know, my girlfriend and I were planning on making the trip out there and, and actually making a week out of it, taking some time off exploring Idaho, which is a beautiful place. You know, we're outdoors people, so doing some hiking and stuff out there. And that trip, you know, probably will just kind of be rescheduled, but we still plan to probably make it out there for some outdoor activities, uh, you know, in, in the in the near future. Um, but hopefully we'll see Georgia Southern play on the Smurf turf in the next couple of years, you know, because, uh, you know, hopefully we don't lose that game altogether again. You know, it's important to note that as of now, they are still planning on coming uh, to Statesboro in 2024, excited for that game. Um, but definitely want to see us, like you said, play in, in a really tough place to play um, up there on the Smurf turf. And, and hopefully I'll be able to, when they do go out and see it, because that's kind of on my college football bucket list. Oh yeah. I think it is for a lot of fans. Yeah. So moving on to Ole Miss. So that's obviously the the, the second big game we lost and, and, and the first one that, that we kind of found out about. And like I said, that's our quote-unquote big money game. We've played them before. It was, I think, what, $1.4 million, I, th- I think is what I saw. Yeah, that's um, what that I saw was, floating around on Twitter. Yeah, so we obviously don't uh, know all the details of that contract. So you're not going to get any kind of insight there. But, um, you know, we're wondering the same things that a lot of fans are wondering of, of you know, what, what happens with that? Is there still any guaranteed money? We haven't I haven't seen any reports um, saying one thing or another there. You know, I think it's safe to say we're not getting the full one point four million unless they can reschedule the game. And then we'll obviously just get that another year. Yeah. Um, but and we're not we contract lawyers either. 
we're not contract lawyers. We don't know all the clauses in this contract, right? We haven't seen the contract. No. So maybe there's outs there that we're able to get, uh, you know, some money. Um, but, you know, it's it's very possible that we are out that money. Yeah, that, you know, it's, it is. It's, it's, you know, that it's not a, um, you know, it's, it's what a lot of college football teams are facing right now, especially group of five teams, that, you know, these contracts state – with something like this, which obviously is, you know, you can't really predict it. I mean, no one really saw this coming. So, um, but that is, is an out for them. You know, that's, that's not just them saying we don't want to play. It's, it's a, it's a nationwide, you know, health thing. And, um, with, uh, you know, the conference, uh, made the decision, you know, uh, with Ole Miss being SEC made the decision to go conference only. So their hands are kind of tied there. So, I don't know. It's, it's probably not looking great that, that we get that money, um, but maybe we get some of it. Yeah, um, hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll be able to reschedule it to, like you said, we'll get a later date. Um, I think this sort of situation, I think, highlights maybe a, a larger issue in college football, specifically at group of five levels, who base their budget around needing these type of games in order to um, not you know, be in debt or to clear their budget, so to say. Um, you know, maybe looking forward, we can, I don't think we're necessarily like this, but hopefully if we are, we can think of better practices in as far as financially speaking, so that if this does happen again in the future, when they do have to cancel a game like this, we're not going to be like, oh man, we're going to be, you know, a million dollars in debt now, um, or behind on bills because we didn't get this 1.4 million game in. Um, yep. But you know that's a that's a much larger conversation, probably on a different podcast or on a different episode, as far as issues with college football and, and, right. and moving forward from them. Uh, so, you know, hopefully it doesn't completely cripple our athletic budget. Um, but again, with the hire of our new AD, who you and I have a lot of confidence in and have been very impressed with so far, you know, if there's anybody who can navigate this ship and move us forward to where we're not, you know in such a financial bind, I think it's, it's Jerry Binko. I mean, he's, he's so yep. far has been really fantastic. Um, and you and I have been really impressed with him so far. And, and he started right at the beginning of when all this, uh, yeah. pandemic I mean, stuff. Talk about, I mean, I know, honestly, yeah. just the worst transition, you know, worst yeah. time to, to go into your first AD role, uh, you know, but yeah, do, doing, doing a great job so far. And, you know, I, I think, I mean, there's only up from here, right? I mean, if you can navigate yep. this storm, then, you know, the, the sky's the limit. So yeah, excited Honest, you know, we, uh, I think I could speak for both of us, you know, I think we're in really good hands with him and, and honestly, you know, quite honestly, I'm, I'm glad we have him as our AD right now going through this as yeah. opposed to the yeah. previous administration. The previous one. Um, for sure. The, uh, and I mean, he made a great basketball hire. I mean, that was kind of out of nowhere, too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it sucks that we're kind of out of that money. At least just, I'm just going to assume. I mean, it's better to kind of just kind of prepare for the worst, hope for the best type sort of thing. Um, and, and to be quite honest with you, with the way that the schedule set up, um, I don't know how many of y'all kind of looked at Ole Miss's schedule, but with them playing right before the Egg Bowl, that Egg Bowl was played on Thanksgiving. So they would have played us on Saturday, turned right around and played on Thursday against uh, Mississippi State, who we all know hired Mike Leach, and he runs the the air raid or that sort of all-passing type offense. Um, so it would have been interesting to see, you know, would have Old Miss kind of really prepared, I guess, for our offense much, 
or would they have spent kind of most of that week beforehand before our game prepping for Mississippi State, considering how big that rivalry is? And both of these are, you know, first-year coaches with Lane Kiffin and, and Mike Leach at their respective schools um, trying to get that first rivalry win to kind of really solidify their spot at that university and kind of maybe get them off a, a hot seat, you know, depending on how, you know, bad or how, you know, not well their their school did overall in the SEC. Um so I think we could have had a good shot of surprising Ole Miss. Um, yeah, I, I felt really so, good about that game, to be yeah, honest I did with too. you. I, I, I did, too. I mean, obviously, obviously we played there, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, under under Summers, and, and honestly, you know, gave them a game then, you know, when, when things weren't going as well. But uh, with, with this, like you said, getting them on November 21st, late in the season, right before the Egg Bowl, you know, in Lane Kiffin's first year, you know, we we talked about that before that it was kind of ironic, right? That we can't avoid Lane Kiffin. We were going to play him one way or another. Well, you know, we did at, avoid him. He was at. <laughs> we we did we did yeah. That, well, think yeah. Thanks, COVID. Um. So, so you know, uh, with uh, we're obviously as of now still scheduled to play uh, FAU, Florida Atlantic at home. But uh, yeah, obviously Lane Kiffin coming from the Conference USA school in Florida Atlantic to the SEC in Ole Miss. And, you know, I was excited about getting him in that transition. I honestly would have rather faced him in his first year at Ole Miss than him at FAU, uh, honestly, you know, um, just well, because yeah. of that, that transition. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, even – I mean, that's another thing, too. If we reschedule it for two or three years down the road, you know, that's two or three years where right. he's had his time to build up his program. Um, yep. Lane Kiffin is a good coach, regardless of what you think of his antics or, or past or anything along those lines. He's really good at what he does. Yep. Um, and I, I believe I believe we do have I'll, – I'll look it up here, but I, I believe we do have them on the schedule for a future date as well. I think I think that was one that, that TK actually – we we got two dates in the future. Um, it's a few years away. I'll, I'll have to verify that. But yeah, I'm um, not sure about that. Yeah. So so I you know I would say unlike the Boise State game, I don't know if we'll reschedule this Ole Miss game. You know if if we do play them, you know if we already had another game scheduled with them in the future, that probably will still hold up. But I don't know if we'll schedule another one with them. Yeah. Um, I would like to see us you know obviously play some other teams well, in the SEC. And here's and, the thing yeah. too. Um. I just kind of thought about this. If we don't, if we're not able to make this up, does this kind of put our AD in a bind to where we have to schedule two money games um, and maybe lose that kind of six home game that we had, that TK really had worked so hard to kind of get us to, to where we do have at least six home games. Um, I mean, do we have to take a year where we have to go to, you know, a SEC school and then also go to like a Big Ten or ACC school later on down the line just to kind of get over this this hump that we're going through right now right yeah no and um so I I, I did just look it up so we do have them scheduled in 2024 so ironically okay. when, when Boise State comes and plays scheduled to play in Statesboro um we'll go to Ole Miss again so yeah um that so we'll, we'll get a chance in a couple of years to to see that game again like you said it, it's going to be a very different game um obviously we'll have a different team but Lane Kiffin will have a you, you would think as long as he's still there a couple years to, to get that, turn that program yeah. around. And, you know, I, yeah. I think both you and I feel pretty good that he can do that. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, so, so that's going to be interesting. Also go to BYU that year. So that's, that's going to be a, you know, a really big non-conference schedule um, here is. for us. Um, so, 
Yeah, I guess um, I did want to bring up while we're on that fact about talking about money and you're right. That's kind of a, a whole separate episode of, of the larger issues, like you said, of going on with a group of five versus power five. But Georgia Southern and the Sun Belt as a whole, obviously, I mean, this is a huge financial impact for everyone across uh, college football, but certainly group of five teams, certainly conferences like the Sun Belt. Uh, from SEC games alone, the Sun Belt is out eleven point one million dollars, you know, combined. So I mean, that's you know, that's a huge number there. You look at a school like ULM, which has by far the lowest budget of all Sun Belt teams, um, almost at like half of what Georgia Southern operates at, which, you know, is is kind of somewhere in the middle of the pack. Um, you know, the Closer to the front end, but but certainly not the the biggest budget out there. Um, and ULM is at the basement with I think their operating budget is like eleven or twelve million. So they're um, they are out three point two million dollars from their games, right? So they had games against uh, UGA and Arkansas, and that accounts for twenty percent of their total budget, you know, for the year. So that yeah. just kind of goes to your point, Cody. I mean, that, that is crazy. And is. thankfully, and, and we, you know, we uh, chatted yesterday and I kind of brought this up that obviously no team could really prepare for this. I mean, you know, uh, no one could have expected that this was going to happen. Um, and you, you schedule these games years out. So, but I feel like we, might have done pretty well with kind of weathering the storm from a scheduling standpoint, not knowing, you know, just kind of looked out there um, because of just the way our non-conference schedule was set up this year. And what I mean by that is, you know, in, in past years, we've obviously had more than one big money game, um, power five game with this one, just the old miss. So we're just losing out on that 1.4 million potentially. And yes, that it still is a huge paycheck that we can use, but we're not a ULM, you know, that's losing 20% of our budget just based on two games, you know? So I, I, you know, I, I think if, if there is any kind of like silver lining here, um, it's that it's that, you know, if, if imagine if, imagine if this happened, uh, last year, right. When we lose out on LSU and Minnesota, you know, that would have been, that would have been huge. You've got, you got, uh, app state. They just had their game canceled with uh, wake forest. Now they were able to, uh, reschedule that with uh, some future dates, including wake forest coming to Boone. So, you know, good on them for that, but they also lost their game against Wisconsin, you know, so not just strength of schedule wise and prestige and getting to, you know, a new year six bowl and all this kind of stuff at play, but also that money. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're just out one big money game, and I think that honestly might be the best case scenario we could ask for. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I mean, I mean we still got ten games, and you know even though it's an open date now on September fifth and an open date now on November twenty first, um, it seems like you still you know you get a, a, a at least once one break a, a month right. So if if we can't reschedule it or with it's just not possible, then I, st- I feel like we still have a legit college football season, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but would I like to see at least one more game added to the schedule just to kind of get, um, you know, I I think if I had it my way, I think I would like to see one more home game, right? I don't think you can replace two. I think that's, I think that's kind of getting probably more than we can chew there. 
But maybe if we can just add an extra home game, I think that would be great. Seven home games, four away games at that yeah, point. Yeah, so, I mean, and seven then, home games would be yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And, I mean, you know, as, as, as much as a lot of us were looking forward to that Boise State game, I mean, you know, that's – a long way to travel so i mean obviously you know a lot of eyes would have been on that game but it's, it's hard for a lot of our fans to to travel across the country to that as you know especially in a pandemic obviously but with uh yeah if, if you could get a home game or you know a, a local team you know if if it is a georgia tech or even you know i've seen you know uh american uh, teams uh, thrown out there so you know a ucf well, hold on, or a hold on. south florida said- or yeah. I said I said four away games. I forgot it's at Georgia State, so we only really have three away games. So I like right. to see an You're eighth right. home yeah. game. You're right. So yeah, I was I was just on a, a podcast yesterday with an App State guy, not Black and Gold, but but another um, guy that's that's starting up a a podcast, and um, he he kind of opened with some Georgia State stuff, and I shut that down really quickly, but because <laughs> uh, because he was he was just on with a with a Georgia State podcast because that's a thing apparently, and. He, uh, I guess they were talking about the rivalry, uh, trying to say that the Georgia Southern Georgia State rivalry is more heated than Georgia Southern and App State, which it's just that's ludicrous. not ludicrous. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, I, I said that was cute that he thinks that, but you know, so, <laughs> um, and and for them it is because they don't have another rival, but um. So, so yeah, you're right. We, 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 we play up there in Turner Field because I refuse to call it anything else, and it, it will be another home game for us. So, yeah, potentially, you know, set, we got seven home games on the slate, potentially eight, right? Uh, yeah. Which, which that would be great. But let's, let's spend a few minutes here talking about, you know, because I think, again, it's all speculation, but I think people like that. I mean, you know, we, we like to think in what ifs when it comes to potential opponents because that's exciting to think about so you know there there's been some articles you know you had uh mclean uh, baxley from savannah morning news a uh, former georgian reporter there i think he still uh, is right is he still i think he's still, still uh, he graduated Gosh. georgia okay. Su- yeah he graduated georgia southern um he uh i think he's full-time he's, he's a new beat reporter for savannah morning news so so good on him and nice. does it does a great yeah, job he does reporting a great job. yeah 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 so he uh, i believe is replacing travis there um as our our full-time beat reporter so he had a uh, article that published this week, um, just kind of breaking down some opponents that you know potential opponents, kind of like a wish list, maybe of, of realistic opponents that he could see. So, us so filling before some you these gaps. before you get too much into this, I was looking at, at UCF schedule because um, I got the the Phil Still book; it's really good. Yeah, um, we both have an open date on October tenth. That was supposed to be both of our bye weeks. Now. I think we're supposed to play App State like four days later, so I don't think that's going to work. But if their North Carolina game isn't going to work out for them, our Boise State game just got canceled, so that could possibly work as far as an opener goes. Yep. Yep, and they also have Georgia Tech on the schedule, right? Yeah. I don't have yeah. it in front of me. Yep. Yeah. So so, so they had that because that, uh, suppo- that was actually a home-and-home, home, I think, and that game was canceled because of the hurricane, uh, you know, a, a couple years. I think, I think it was either last year or the year before that yeah, game was canceled. Yeah, so they were supposed to be home for North Carolina, which I think I'm so confused kind of about all these rules from all the different conferences. I can't keep up with them. But North Carolina is supposed to play in Orlando against them, and they were supposed to play at Georgia Tech this year. Yeah, so that so that game won't have so let, let me let me add some clarity because because there has been a lot of confusion out there and and uh, again I I mean w- neither one of us have all the answers but I do know about the ACC to kind of clear up that because I've seen a lot of misinformation out there so 
the ACC thing, you know, they went uh, uh, conference only schedule. You know, I, I say that like with a plus one, and so that plus one game, the rule is it has to be played in the home state of the ACC member institution. Okay, so it doesn't have to be played against an in-state opponent. So the scenario you just gave, Cody, I don't see that game happening. I don't see UNC coming to Orlando. Yeah. Potentially, you know, they can work out something where UCF goes up there, but probably not. I would say that game's probably out. <clears throat> but in, in regards to like a Georgia Tech or something like that, I saw a lot of stuff floating around of like, oh, you know, Georgia, Georgia Southern could uh, schedule Georgia Tech. Let's make this happen. And I mean, that, that, that still could happen, but obviously we were on their schedule already. They're losing out on, you know, several non-conference games already. And they have that game against UCF and that was in Atlanta. So, you know, you would think that both teams would probably try to keep that, um, that they would kind of go to that well first of games that they already have scheduled um, for that plus one rather than going outside of it. Right. So, but that opens up it doesn't have to be a Georgia tech. That's the ACC opponent that we could potentially play to fill some of these holes. There's a bunch of other ACC teams out there that again, it would have to be a road game for us. We would have to go to them, but that is in accordance to that ACC rule. So just to kind of clear that up, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't, you know, there was a lot of stuff floating around that it had to be like a, us georgia state or kennesaw state or somebody like that that georgia tech played that's not the case i mean georgia tech can play middle tennessee state they can play uab whatever gotcha like i said i can't all these conferences coming out with different rules it's kind of tough to kind of keep up with even you know as like ourselves who who try to keep up with the news as best as we can yeah um, yeah and i mean and you know now and, that, and that's why we kind of decided to to record when we did because again a lot of things can still change but it it seems that all the conferences for the most part have kind of made the rulings um certainly power fives have uh you know big 12 was kind of the last one um most most conferences have um you know gone uh conference only so you have obviously sec uh, going just full conference only. Big Ten went full conference only. Uh, Pac-12, I think, did full conference only. And then you have Big 12 and ACC doing kind of a, a plus um, a plus system. So, uh, so yeah. So and, and then it seems like most of the G5 conferences, they obviously kind of waited on the Power Fives, but you got Sun Belt, Conference USA, and American Athletic, which all kind of followed – the same kind of path of, of keeping the season as close to normal as possible with uh, the normal conference schedule and then really kind of as many non-conference games as we can get. Yeah, so like I said, I think we're still kind of fortunate to still have 10. If we can get one more, that'd be great. I think a, a, a use, I mean, it, I think I think honestly, if we could pull off UCF, that'd be pretty good. Um, but I just don't know how feasible that is. I don't know how realistic that is. Would you would you only do that game if it was a home game, or are you open to coming to Orlando for that? Um, like I said, I think that that's the that's the big question, right? Who's going to be the away team? Who who who's going to want to risk their team traveling? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to have a lot of guarantees, I think, from whoever the home team is, to ensure that your team is safe, right? So, you know, it's not so much more of well, you know, well, we can offer them, you know, who they should go with for hotels or anything along those lines. They're going to probably want to know testing protocols. They're going to want to know 
um, quarantine. Yeah, fans, right. Fan, yeah, yeah. How, yeah. How many issues. fan capacity, all those kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Can you have it to where nobody else is going to be in the hotel so that we ensure a bubble, kind of a, you know, whatever the, the whatever the protocols are, that's going to be really difficult on already thin budgets, right? So, right. you know, I, I just... It's gonna. I just think it's gonna be really, really difficult. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not protocols in place. As as of right now, we just. I don't think we've heard anything, mm-hmm. um, or anything that's came out. I mean, it's like the the FAQ thing that they sent out this past week, <laughs> which is great uh, that they have a website for that. Yes. But I think, as you and I discussed, kind of, there's not really a whole lot. Of it was a whole lot there. of nothing. It was a whole yeah. lot of nothing. Yeah. I mean, I I never see like you know it was like twelve questions and it was the same answer in twelve different ways. But yeah. again, that's that's what we know right now. So I, yeah. I do appreciate the athletic department putting that out. Um, but you know, it, it did it. And I guess did I guess it answer them, a lot? No. I guess them telling us at a later date probably helps maybe with some people who just want something to be heard from the athletic department. But. It's it's again. It's not really an, an answer as to well. Is there going to be mask in the stadium? Is there going to be only right. season ticket holders? Are students going to be in? I mean, it's all kind of like a wait and see type approach. And you which mentioned is, which is smart, but which again, is smart because you yeah because you mentioned yesterday, Cody, that and and I think uh, you know it's important to bring that up that we are still you know as of today you know a, a, a month a month away you know a little less than a month away from um, from the season now you know with Boise State being canceled maybe a little more than that yeah. uh, so you know we still have time and I think it is smart you know I think you and I both agree on that to to kind of wait that out I mean obviously you're gonna have situations like what happened in the Big Ten and you know you're gonna have uh, state administrations the state of Ohio said look, no uh, sporting events, you know, no mass gatherings at, at, at uh, sports venues, you know, so so you've got uh, Ohio State and, and teams like that that are all of a sudden um, thrown a curb there from uh, fan attendance. But something like that could happen, probably not in Georgia, but, you know, you also yeah. have uh, the Board of Regents that could do something, and then you have the uh, Statesboro City government that could do something, and then you have the Sunbelt Conference that could potentially implement something which i also don't really see happening but you know it it could so there's just a lot of factors that in this next month could happen that uh affect attendance so i'm sure you know the athletic department they know more than you and i do um and and potentially know a little bit more than than what they said in that faq page but there's still a ton of unknowns you know and and a lot can happen in the next 30 40 days and it's 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 smart to wait because like you said who knows maybe you know maybe the the virus we get it more under control things are looking better here in a month um maybe it's looking the same maybe it's looking worse and that obviously is going to affect that and and you know administration rulings and and regulations and things like that how many fans are allowed whether or not we have to wear a mask what the protocol is to get in the stadium all this kind of stuff yeah, I'm gonna probably just go on the record and probably say that masks are probably will be gonna be required. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think that in, that's some capacity, in some capacity, at least, capacity. right? I mean, I, yeah. I think, I think that's a given. I mean, at least to get in the stadium when you're walking around on the concourse, I think the question is whether or not you have to wear them in the stands. You know, that's gonna yeah. be a big thing. Yeah. And they're gonna have like logistical stuff of like, you know, and the loopholes things of, of well, what, you know, what about obviously when you're eating, you're not wearing a mask. When you're drinking, you're up in the beer garden. You know, all this kind of stuff. They're, you know, they're gonna have to iron out those questions. Yep. Yeah. I mean. So, um, you know, let's, I'm not making those decisions. 
Right. No, I know. I mean, again, uh, what a year to start as, as an I athletic know. director. And, um, you know, I, I did. So I, it's, yeah. Here's the thing is that I don't feel like whatever they come up with, people are going to find fault with it. Right. Like if you say there's let's just say there's no concessions and there's no beer garden, but we allowed 25 percent of the people to come in. Oh, yeah. And you got you you're going to make compromises. Yeah. Right. You're going to make compromises because yeah. that's the thing that I've thought about. Right. And I, I want to get this point across. Um, kind of wanted to do it earlier, right? The one, the biggest like takeaway that I've taken from all this, right, is is don't th- take things for granted, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, I mean, like th- think about how lucky we've been these past couple of years that we didn't have to deal with something like this. We didn't have to like we just uh, the our biggest worry, right? Come July for you and I, we're like. Oh, you know, we got a short week before app or, you know, we, we got the, these back to back to, you know, uh, Thursday night games and, you know, and now you've got this whole nother caveat of, of circumstances that you have to deal with as, as, as fans and as, as, as coaches and players and, um, you know, just, just so much going on. So uh, it's uh, honestly, it, it's, it's like humbled me just to realize like how lucky we've had it these last couple of years and, and just to be able to, to watch and appreciate football in, in some capacity, whether it's on TV or in person and, um, and, you know, gather with Eagle nation and, and, and watch our Eagles play. So hopefully that happens in, in some form or fashion this year. And I'll, I'll just be thankful if it does, you know, if, if yeah, it just exactly. does happen, yep. you know, I mean, I just, I just, I want football to happen. And uh, obviously we all want it to be done safely. And again, as, as long as they can do both of those things, I want us to play as many games as possible. I will be there when I can. Um, and I will watch, you know, when I can't uh, from afar. So that's, that's just where I stand. I just want football. Yeah. And, and to kind of go off from that point, if there was ever a football team that could handle a, a season like this, I think it would be our Georgia Southern Eagles. Um, yep. If you look at uh, all of the issues and, and um, obstacles and tragedies that they had to go through last year, um, I really feel like this team is kind of prepped for a week-by-week basis of knowing or not knowing if they're going to play or handle any sort of obstacles that kind of come their way. Um, I think it's going to be a given that some point during this football season, somebody somewhere on a collegiate football team is going to test positive for COVID. And how do how does that football team and or conference handle that? Um, you know, when I look at Georgia Southern, you look at everything they went through last year, starting off, you know, before camp got started with Shy Works being falsely arrested and all that um, uh, issues that came with that, as well as. Uh, the defensive end that was arrested in Florida, and then you look at the Jordan Wiggins situation as well mm-hmm. as all the injuries that occurred. I mean, yep. you look at it last year from our football team, and it was like even before the season, I mean, even before fall camp got started, it was, you know. Just one thing after another. Know, yeah, one we, thing we, after yeah. another that we had to overcome and to deal with. And, you know, we talked about this a lot on the podcast last season, just for them to even finish with seven wins was, I think, a, a great testament to their attitude, to their mental capacity and their mental yep. strength, because I think 99% of the other teams would have probably folded up shop, and you would have been left with like a two- or three-win season, but this team never did. They always looked at it as next man up, um, yep. push forward, push through, and and keep the ball rolling, and 
you know, you look at a season like this in which I think it's literally going to be week by week as to if you yeah, play you le- or you have to plays. take it week yeah. week at a time, day at a time, and and yeah, you're right. No no team, I don't think is as well conditioned for a situation like that. You know, again, a situation no one could prepare for, but, you know, we, we kind of did, you know, <laughs> last year with, you know, the season of adversity, as we call it. Um, obviously, this is a, a totally different type of obstacle, um, but it's it's one, like you said, the, the mental aspect is one that's often overlooked. And, and yeah, dealing with a player death, dealing with, you know, a bogus arrest, dealing with all those injuries, that has a huge effect on your team, um, you know, mentally and then obviously physically um, mm-hmm. by, by with that next man up mentality. And, and, and yeah, so I, I, I think we're fortunate, um, you know, kind of a blessing in disguise that we kind of went through that because now we are, I think more, you know, well, well prepared uh, more so than, than a lot of programs out there. And you have some of your more uh, blue chip uh blue blood type programs, you know, and your power five programs and, and perennial powerhouses, all this kind of stuff that, you know, th- this could be detrimental to them, <laughs> you know I mean? And li- li- like you said, with, with the testing protocols and we'll find out what all that entails, but I, I agree that I-, I think realistically, I mean, you look at what's going on across uh, other sports that have restarted. Um, so you have your bubble situations with your uh, in NBAs and your MLSs, and those have gone and, and, and pretty well. And don't forget well. about hockey. And whether, hockey. Whether, and hockey, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I, I love hockey, by the way. But, um, but I have boycotted hockey since they took away the Atlanta the Thrashers. Thrashers. I know. I was a huge Thrashers fan, but we're, we'll get off topic there. But... So, um, and then you have your non-bubble situations, right? That are kind of followed, the, like the uh, Major League Baseball that's followed a more traditional route. Obviously, shortened shortened season with a sixty game, but you're already seeing uh, teams have these kind of mini outbreaks. You're seeing uh, series canceled. You're seeing games canceled. You're seeing teams stuck in in cities because they're traveling around and they're doing what. If we have a college football season, what you're going to see, you know, there's not going to be a bubble situation. The teams are going to no. be traveling around as normal. Maybe it's, you know, not as many games. Maybe it's closer proximity because of conference only, whatever. But they are going to be traveling around. There's going to be teams that are still flying. There's going to be teams that are, you know, taking long bus trips that are, you know, staying in hotels, like you said. And there's just a lot of unknowns there. I think it is, you know, a given that as long as there are, are protocols in place and there's consistent testing happen happening that every college football team in the country is going to have at least one player. And I think that is, you know, that's underballing, but, but yeah. at least one player that's going to test positive at some point in the season. And, you know, I, I would go further than that to say, you know, more and, and, and again, uh, it's going to be different obviously for every program, but you, you are going to have some programs that have these quote unquote mini outbreaks and you could have, and, and, and when we say that, let's, let's be, be clear. This doesn't necessarily mean that the kids are symptomatic. It doesn't mean that they're showing any symptoms at all, uh, much less, you know, severe symptoms. It doesn't mean that they're, uh, you know, um, that is detrimental to their health or anything like this. You know, we're, we're not talking about players, you know, being in ICU or anything like that. We're just yeah. talking about positive tests, right? So you, they could be completely asymptomatic and positive tests. You've seen it again across major league baseball. You have had some players that 
were sick, but you had a lot of others that um, were, you know, tested positive and then ones that they were in contact with that maybe tested negative, but they still had that protocol in place that they had to be quarantined. So it's going to have just a ripple effect across of all college football where you're going to see this. And again, I I do think we're as, as prepared as one could expect because we already have that blue collar mentality that next man up mentality which a program like an alabama a clemson a georgia might not have because you know all of a sudden you lose your your you know trevor lawrence or you lose your uh, star running back or star defensive end you know that could be your season you know with us i don't think that's necessarily the case because because we've already been through it once yeah we have and to kind of harp on your your point as far as as uh, the the whole COVID testing and COVID situation in general, you know, if a if a young man does test positive, it also doesn't mean that they did anything wrong. They could have oh, they could course. have gone through yeah. the entire proper channels of what they're supposed to be doing and still catch it. That's just how kind of contagious this disease is. You can take all the the risk factors that you're the the mitigation factors that you that you can think of, and you can still catch it if somebody else doesn't do their job. That may not even be a part of the football team. Um, so. It's it's just kind of one of those things to where, you know, let's just say in the unfortunate situation that somebody on the team does does catch it, you know, I myself isn't going to just come out and just and automatically put blame and say oh, a bunch of garbage. And you no know, one and, should. And yeah, no yeah. one should because it's not fair to that young man. Um, because I'm I'm pretty sure that that Lunsford and in, in, in company will have. Whatever protocols or whatever things that they have in place, I'm sure will all be followed by every one of those 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 players. Um, because that's kind of the thing. You know, that's the type of kid that they recruit. And to jump on point with this type of season, as far as the adversity goes, you look at. I think this is another point we wanted to bring up was the off season, right? How many of these teams, when when they sent their players home for however long it was, three four months before they were allowed to come back to campus, how many of those players were working out? some yeah. way some how many of them were keeping up their conditioning you and know, obviously feel, it's, it's hard it's hard for a lot of them you know yeah. i mean g- gyms are closed the Gym local are gyms closed. are closed not all of them have these private trainers that you know you're like or trevor lawrence has or, or can like afford that. it yeah you don't even have uh you know uh gym equipment at home you don't have you know don't, don't live in an apartment with a gym that you could use you know that there's a lot of factors well, there even if you did the apartment probably had it closed down had it closed yeah so but but yeah to take that initiative right i mean it's it's easy w- when you have these like mandatory workouts um or or even you know even the non-mandatory ones that are you know uh, wink wink still mandatory you know yeah, in, exactly. in most years <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, but, but that's not the case this year and the, you obviously can't enforce that. And, and so, um, it, it was solely up to the players to have that initiative and to have yeah. that drive to do it. And, and you're right, it's going to be really interesting. That's one of the first things that I kind of thought about early on in this, when we were trying to, to weigh, you know, what was going to happen with the season is, is, you know, our, our players are going to show up to fall camp, um, you know, overweight <laughs> you know yeah. are they gonna show up kind of flabby not conditioned you know um so but and, and, i think yeah. that's a testament to who we recruit as a football program we don't look for um 
we look for the young men that can take the initiative, right? That's that's all about that blue collar mentality, right? It's, you look it's, for the shy words that's working out in the off season, yeah. beast mode. You know, we're throwing yeah. balls to Antonio Brown. That's who yeah, you exactly. look for, you know. And 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 that's the thing. And I, I said that on the podcast with the App State kid is like, you know, our quarterback's been working out with Antonio Brown. He's been like putting in work. And I don't think you can say that for all 130 uh, starting FBS quarterbacks, you know? No. So, um, you know, and that's it's, the it's, kind of leader that we need with this football program, right? If yep. he's out there doing that, busting his tail, you're going to follow by example. You're going to yeah. follow by example because, and, and, and even more respect to him and more respect that he's going to have amongst all those players when he leads them out on the field. I mean, I look at Shy Wirtz and, you know, if that's my quarterback, if I was playing on that team as a running back, offensive lineman, whatever, even on the defensive side, that's a man that I would follow. That's a man that 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 I would be proud to be my leader. Yeah. Um, you know, for just not only his football work ethic, but also the stuff that he's doing also off the field in regards to um, you know, the Black Lives Matters and everything else that's been going on outside of COVID, mm-hmm. you know. And, yes, uh, and yeah, so, a lot a lot of things going know, on outside of COVID too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So you know, he. I think when you look at the the perennial example of, of what it means to to be a, a player here at Georgia Southern, he his picture is right there by that definition for sure. Absolutely, I don't have the name off uh, offhand, but is it the Mackey Award? I think it was. It's it's the award for the uh, the player with the um, most. I'm not sure. I I can't keep up. You know with what? That. I you got, know what I I'm got talking two about? Kids though? that are two and younger. Right. I can't keep up with that stuff. So, so uh, Shy is on the watch list for this award. That's um, it's uh, uh, off the field award for community service. And, okay. you know, I think that is just, again, a testament to who he is as a person, his character. He's done mission trips. Um, you know, I believe he's gone to South and Central America a few times, done things like that and working out, uh, you know, do, doing things in his local community in South Carolina as well, um, as you mentioned. So, I mean, I, I I couldn't be happier with who we have as our quarterback, as a player and a person, you know, representing our program. And yeah, Williams. yeah, exactly. Yeah, He represents us very well, so, to say the least. To say the least. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, going off of this point a little bit more, um, just to spend a a few more minutes on it, you know, we mentioned in our talk, um, you know, before this, that it's going to be really interesting to see again with these testing, you know, it's, it's a given that positive tests are going to happen. It's those like mini outbreaks. That's going to be really interesting to see what happened, you know, our games canceled, you know, are they postponed? You know, you can't really postpone games in a college football season, right? No, um, or mean, in a football you can, season in general. You, you can, can, but yeah, yeah, uh, because I mean, you've got a, a twelve-game season. Obviously, for for programs like ours, let's say we stay at ten games, maybe you have a little bit more flexibility there because you have more open dates than you normally would. Um, but it's not like Major League Baseball. You know, you're not playing double headers. Um, you're not just like, okay, we'll no. just do this. We'll add an extra week. We'll do this. You know, th- there's just not as as much leeway there. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, yeah, you have a couple players, and and you know that that might test test positive and have to sit out a couple weeks. But then, if you have these mini outbreaks, what if an entire quarterback room gets infected? You know, yeah. what if an entire offensive line room gets infected? You know, what 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 happens it? You know, are you pulling kids off campus to come, you know, be your kicker, be your quarterback, be your running back? You know, um, yeah. so it, it, it and I, I think it's fair to say that that's going to happen, not necessarily at Georgia Southern, but, you know, at, at some program. It's going to happen at some program, some program somewhere. There's going to probably be an outbreak amongst an entire personnel group, whether, like you said, linebacker, offensive line, you know. 
there are certain things I think looking at it obviously quarterback and offensive line I think are two big ones in which if that entire personnel group has to be quarantined for 14 days you just can't replace that you just can't throw somebody in at quarterback and 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 keep up that competitive integrity Mm -hmm. right um same thing with offensive line um and even defensive line you know if if your entire defensive line unit goes out you you can't keep up a comparative integrity if you have to throw somebody out there that's 30 pounds lighter trying to line up at nose tackle or whatever sure um so it's it's gonna be I don't want to say I don't use the word interesting, but I guess it's just a wait and see approach to see how conferences and or teams handle that situation. Um, it, I think what you'll see more likely than not is that the game will just get canceled itself. Yeah, um, I think it will and, have to because, in that situation because then safety's yeah. safety's a thing, right? I mean, yeah. you're you don't want kids out there getting killed. I mean, you don't want to put your you know. You don't want to pull kids off campus. You don't want to put, you know, a, a linebacker there on the line that shouldn't be playing there, or yeah, exactly. you know, a safety at quarterback that could get killed, or something like that. So, yeah. you know, um, it, it, yeah, you're gonna have to make those decisions when it just comes to player safety. Like, yeah, we don't have enough players to even field a te- team, or you know, it's just not safe. It just doesn't make sense. It's not worth it for us to yeah. play this game. Um, you know, just so yeah, just just a whole nother set of factors. You know, we had mentioned it where. Normally you have you have your off season stuff and on the field stuff, right? So you have your academic side of it where you have um, you know players not making grades and possibly missing yep. time. You have yep. your off the field shenanigans that happen um, where it's arrest or accusations or what have you, where that could uh, see suspensions and losing time. Then you have your on on the field stuff, which is mainly injuries. Now you have a third phase of that, a third level that's going to be the testing. And again, it, it's not necessarily kids being sick and missing time, but it's the protocol of I tested positive, I feel fine, I tested positive, but you got to follow, you got to do quarantine, and then yeah. contact tracing and all this too, where you know kids are maybe, um, maybe they have the negative test, but depending on what that program and probably what that conference is instituting, you know, they, they might have to sit out too. So it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be crazy, you know, but, um, so where do we go from here, Cody? I mean, you know, I, I I guess, I guess let's, let's talk, you know, quickly about, and we'll, we'll obviously have uh, future episodes where we dive more into the season, but you, you brought up an interesting point when we talked before, and that was that, you know, this year, when you look at the 2020, uh, 2020 season for what it is and take kind of COVID out of it, this was, we were really excited about this year because we have, we, we have a lot of seniors, um, pretty much, you know, the entire, uh, skill set unit returns, um, and, and, and shy and our running backs with Wesley Kennedy and JD King, Darion Anderson, our, our number one wide receivers back. And then, and defense is loaded too. I mean, yeah, one of the most uh, talented defensive lines, um, just stacked there, stacked at linebacker. Some new guys at uh, secondary that's kind of the question mark, but brought in some people in the off season and and some transfers that you know uh, definitely some talent there too. So really exciting year. I think you know this this was kind of the year where you know Chad Lund's first third year where we kind of see the team excel. 
possibly contend, you know, definitely contend for the Sunbelt Championship, possibly win it, um, get in that yeah. championship game, and make a run in an Access Bowl. Now, all of that is still on the table as of now of August, uh, you know, 6, but this throws everything for a loop a little bit. So you, you had mentioned, I, I want, you can take it away now, you know, you had mentioned yeah. like what, what the pandemic and stuff, what kind of impact that might have on the season. Well, I think you, you kind of touched on it there that this is again, the, the third season with the same head coach, same coordinators, a, pretty much a lot of the same position coaches. I know that there's been a few here or there, you know, that have, have, moved on um obviously we got Doug Ruse back this year um as a tight end coach that that kind of brought in a lot of a lot of excitement um especially on the offensive side of the ball to see kind of what happens there um but yeah you look at everybody should be healthy um we should be getting uh gosh everybody back on the offensive line plus a healthy offensive line which we didn't have last year um you had like you said, the all the skill set players have been together for a while. You had a loaded front seven on defense. You look at the you have the top safety probably in the conference, if not all of group of five. Um, even though the biggest question markers are corners, you still had a corner from uh, I think it's Louisiana Tech that transferred in and Duke as well, and then you had a, a safety from Duke that transferred in as well. So even though we're still kind of green in, in defensive back situation. You still brought in experience in, in, in senior leadership there to kind of lead us through this season in that aspect. Now, you're not going to – it's going to be very, very hard to, to replace a talent that was Brinson and Vildor um, because they are just, I think, two of the best corners that have ever came through Georgia Southern football history. Um, but at least looking into it, they look to seem somewhat rebuilt. You also had young guys that were there that was probably going to get a lot more playing time. Just you start looking at the, how things were falling, right? You lead off with Boise State. You have Campbell. You have FAU, App State. I think we had we had discussed that if you looked at the front half of the schedule before everything kind of got canceled, our front half was really loaded as far as talent, right? Louisiana probably top group of five team. App State top group of five team. FAU. Um, even though they have Willie Taggart and they still have some some question marks in some certain position groups, that was gonna they were a favorite to win Conference USA. You look at Boise again; they have some questions as far as their offensive and defensive lines. But again, picked to probably go undefeated and win the Mountain West. I mean, if you ran that four games and let's say you win or lose only one, and then lose or beat Ole Miss later on and run the rest of the table. That's a heck of a year, and I think that would really have solidified Chad Lunchford's status, even though I don't think it really needs much solidifying, but really would have submitted him here for Georgia Southern head coach and the coordinator for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so I kind of I, I just kind of feel cheated out of that because, you know, I honestly I think looking at the schedule originally, the toughest game that we had was Louisiana. Um, the, a lot of people may be shocked by that or, or may say, like, why not Boise or, or Ole Miss? If you look at Louisiana and what they bring back, they're loaded, and they probably could be the toughest opponent that we had. And outside of them getting over their App State hump, I probably would have said they probably won the conference and had a legit shot of making the Access Bowl. Yeah. They're that good. If you look at Phil Steele rankings, they had his their offensive line, I think, in the top 10 in their running back group in the top four. Um, something along, I think it's, it, both of them were in the top. I believe they're like experienced. The we least. were up there too with like our, his experience yeah. rankings, but yeah, they were up they there. They were yeah. experienced. 
Yeah, and and then also, you know, Billy Napier is a really good yep. coach. So I would have said that that Louisiana game would have been the, the most difficult game for us to win. And if we'd have just lost that game alone, I would have had no qualms or, you know, unless we'd lost it something like really terribly that we just looked like, you know, dog poop right. out there. Um, that, but that wouldn't have been a, a loss that would have been like, oh, man, you know. But well, let's be clear again, that that game's still on the schedule, so we're still playing. Yeah, the game is yeah. still. Yeah, yeah, we're so, still playing. So we're that still game. playing. I'm just Louisiana, saying that yeah. you, you. I'm just saying that yeah. if you beat them right. in App State, that's a great season. But if you beat them, App State, Boise, FAU, Ole right. Miss, that is, I think I would put that if we if we'd have ran the table undefeated, which I think we would have had, not a huge shot, but we'd have had at least a shot at it. You know, I think we'd have had a decent shot at it if we'd have stayed healthy with everybody that we had yep. and everything. I would have obviously this would have been the top season in, in our football program history over anything else that we had ever done before. Even the eighty five championship and eighty six championship, I'd have put that been like, guys, this is we beat a lot of good teams. That would have put us on a national level for sure. Yep. Um and it would have been it, I, I just kind of feel as a fan cheated that we didn't at least get that experience to to and that opportunity to I think really show out and and put forth the effort nationally that that we can compete with all these top group of right. five play, teams play, we, right. our, our our schedule was loaded yeah. with them yeah it was loaded the, the deck was stacked people. you know kind of against us but it was it was a proving ground and you know and and, and taking that away yeah. now yeah. i mean even if it's a 10 game schedule even if we just go conference only i mean still obviously some really tough teams that we're playing louisiana like you mentioned app state um you know uh Troy, FAU, FAU yeah. Um, we don't actually, uh, yeah, no, we do play Troy. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, still a very tough schedule. Sunbelt itself, you know, is, is uh, widely improved as a conference. But, yeah, you, you want that proving ground with, you know, we, again, we want to be a Boise State or better, you know, so so we want to play them <laughs> and beat them. And, and, and we want to uh, contend, not just contend, but beat Ole Miss and beat Power 5 teams consistently and take that paycheck from them with a W, you know, so, um, it, it is, it is a little, you know, it is, it's disappointing is it's disheartening that, that we don't get that. And that's going to be something that a lot of group of five teams are, are facing this year. Right. I mean, obviously you have yep. the financial aspect of it, but you have the prestige and the, the, the pride and the proving ground aspect of it, where there's going to yeah. be a lot I mean, of, you look at App there's going to be a lot of what ifs. I mean, exactly. There's going to be a lot of what ifs yeah. where you have a team like app state that again, was set to play wake forest and Wisconsin and very well could have, you know, we will see how, you know, their new uh, coach and Sean Clark uh, shakes out. But, uh, you know, they they run the gambit and, and, and win those games and, and win the rest of their games, win the Sun Belt. They're, you know, they're uh, uh, definitely a top 25 team, maybe even a top, you know, 15 team. And, and they're they're in the Access Bowl, you know, but they don't have those games now. So, you know, if, if they let's say they still run the table um, with they play a 10 game schedule or they fill out their 12 game schedule and they, um, you know, play some Conference USA teams or, or whatever. Right. It's not as impressive. So, you know, there, yeah. there's always going to be those what if scenarios now. Um, that's kind of that cloud over the program where if a Georgia Southern or App State or, or you know, even even a Boise State run the table uh the the so-called experts are going to go back and look at it and be like well look they didn't play any power five opponents you know because we couldn't <laughs> so yeah and see that's the thing like i looking at louisiana schedule and 
before everything, I looked at that and said they had a good shot of running the table. You look at their opponents. I mean, Easy State, they should beat Wyoming. They should beat um, their other out-of-conference games is New Mexico State and then Missouri, which, again, Missouri is an SEC team that I think that they could beat. Yep. Uh, so it's just, you know, they don't have the Missouri game. I don't know what I don't know if that Wyoming game for them is still on this table or not or what their situation looks like. But yeah, well, I mean, that would be a Mountain West. They would the, have the, the Mountain yeah. West win eight conference and, and two – yeah. So I don't know if that's one of Wyoming's right. two. Um, but you look at just having that Missouri game taken off. You know, even if they do go undefeated, who's to say that that's going to be enough to put them in over a Boise State or UCF, who also went undefeated on a liminal schedule, simply because they don't have that rain name there. It, hurt, it hurts the resumes UCL. of some yeah, belt teams and Conference USA teams and stuff, basically anyone but your American Athletic Conferences. And, and above yeah. that, really, the top echelon of, of that conference. So, you know, your, um, I mean, obviously Boise's and Mount West, but your, your Boise States of the world, your UCFs, even like your USFs and stuff that's had some name recognition and success in the past, right? You, you would think that if they had a spectacular season, yeah, they're going to get that um, leg up over a Sunbelt team that is still kind of in quote-unquote prove-it mode. Um, and if, yep. if you don't have those games to prove it, then, you know, it's 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 going to hurt you. So it's, yep, sorry, but better luck right. next time. So, you know? yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting, Cody. I guess really the only thing um, – left i mean so so uh, again a lot of uncertainty we we don't know what's going to happen with any of the schedule but we've we've covered most of the non-conference games the only one we haven't uh, covered is our home game our only fcs opponent against campbell um we'll find that out um they're in the big south conference uh, that's going to be announced uh this week um probably uh shortly after this podcast is published so uh, we're just going to kind of hold off on that. And then in the next episode, we can kind of talk more about that. Um, you know, it's it's interesting there of uh, whether or not, like a, yeah, you know, if they cancel, if they or, cancel not. or not, or if we really should play that game, you know, because um, that's we're paying them. I don't I don't know how much we're paying them, but that is kind of their quote unquote big money game. Right. Um, so if they decide to have a season and they want to keep that game, you know, is it, is it in our best interest to even, even keep that now that we're losing out on, on that other money from, you know, the Ole Miss game, um, or do we make that an open date, have a little bit more flexibility to move things around and, you know, schedule some other group of five teams or whatever, maybe, uh, maybe even schedule, you know, an ACC team or something like that, set up a home and home for the future, uh, you know, with with that kind of flexibility in, in that slot. Yeah, so I know you and I kind of have a different viewpoint on that. So I'm for keeping that game on the schedule, right? I mean, um, I think you don't want to lose a home game. You have fans. Um, I think there'll be fans in some sort of capacity. You look at the kind of two of the other local teams around here that have been playing, so like the Savannah Bananas. They've had fans at, at Grayson Stadium down there in Savannah, and you look at the Tormenta FC mm-hmm. team that has just gotten started, and they've had limited capacity with fans there as well. So I say don't. I say we keep that game on the schedule. Uh, one, it should be a victory. And, again, we're still trying to get to, I think now the official word is you got to have a 500 record. So I don't even think you have to get to this the, the six win mark now to be bowl eligible. Your record just has to be 500 or right. better. Um, so if you finish four and four, 
then you may be eligible for a bowl um, because you only played and eight one, games. And one in FCS two. team counts yeah. in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah, and that I'll yeah, I think yeah for sure one FCS still counts. I think they may have even opened it up. Yeah, because that, that's always that's yeah. always been the rule. You know, just to be clear. Yeah. You know, one one FCS. It's team, always been one FCS you know, yeah. for for everybody for Power Five group of five. So so for. Sh- yeah, so for sure it's one FCS season. So right now we only have one FCS team on the schedule. So keep that. It's a victory. Should be a victory. Yeah, um, it's a home game. Could be the season the opener. Home opener. Yeah, could. It's a season <laughs> opener. Um, and I just think that you know if we don't find anybody to play in that week one or let's just say possibly a week zero game, then you know. We've got to get something going before we bring FAU to town, right? We need we need some sort of, of primer to kind of get everybody, yep. hey, this is a real football game. We don't really kind of want to open up to FAU. Even though FAU lost their starting quarterback from last year, they still have a stud that can come in and replace them. But regardless, you don't. I don't think you really want to open up with FAU at home. I think I'd rather have Campbell kind of get everybody used to playing football again, go through the whole testing procedures and protocols and get everybody used to it. And then, you know, all right, now we we have you – know, I don't want to say real opponents, but now we have more – It's a good way to ease into the season. In. I mean, just, just like always, yeah. yeah. And, and if you're right. If, if we don't have that Boise game, it, it will be a good warm-up. And instead of facing, you know, one of the best teams in the group of five right off the bat, you know, you, you do get to – face you know a weaker opponent and 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 you know work out some kinks and and uh, shake off some rust that's gonna be there I mean you know we talked about working yeah. out and all this but we we had a shortened spring practice some programs didn't have a spring practice at all uh, you know most programs didn't have a spring game um, limited summer practice conditioning all this kind of stuff so um, it will be good to have that to work out those kinks and um, you know get over that hum and get ready for tougher comp- competition so from from a competition standpoint i'm fine keeping the game um again i don't know all the financials um but uh, you know i do see that concern too of of just you know if 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 usually obviously the the group of five to fcs contracts they're not anywhere near the same amount of money even the fcs to power five contracts aren't anywhere close to the money that the group of five to fbs or to uh, power five um are uh so it's it's not gonna it's not a million dollar plus contract right but it's still significant money, um, so I, I do I do see that as a concern. Um, but it it might be you know if if Campbell's all game for coming to Statesboro um, and and Big South is you know continuing their season and all that, I say let's do it you know um, because we've already lost two games. So you know unless unless you have someone knocking on Banco's door, you know, and that's just a, a, a great opponent, um, you know, whether a group yeah. of five or you know power five otherwise. Um and like, but they have to do it safely, right. right? Like, I think Campbell has to let us know what their protocols are, right? Because if they're just out there, just all willy nilly, wherever I don't even know where Campbell is located at, but if they're just out there, out and about, not really keeping, you know, right, a tight lid on things, is it is it worth the risk to play yeah. them? And, and the, I think that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest. That's a good point that because yeah, because you you yeah. you play you know with these FCS programs you have limited resources. Group of five obviously yeah. has more limited resources than your Power Five teams, right? So so you have this you do have this kind of. Um, 
tiered, uh, you know, uh, level of, of power where, um, just what you're able to do. So it's, it's, it's not just mm-hmm. what the, the big South, uh, you know, dictates or what the Sunbelt dictates or, or power five program or conferences dictate. It's, it's what you're actually able to do. You know, can, can big yeah. South teams or can Campbell, uh, you know, afford to test players, um, every, you know, and, and, and like you said, you don't know what they're doing, how, you, the protocols can be in place, but you don't know if they're following it, right? So, but you'd have to yeah. think that with some of these bigger programs, they have larger staffs, and you know, and and that's not to say that programs can't be train wrecks. Again, I think there's going to be a Power Five program, um, at least you know probably a couple, um, and I'm sure a group of five and and FCS programs that have those mini outbreaks and, and whatever, whether it's uh, you know their fault or not, you know whether they acted irresponsibly, but you're going to see teams act irresponsibly you know it's just gonna happen you know you're gonna have your players that go out and well it's like the marlins right so for those who don't follow baseball the miami marlins played three games and i don't think they've played since because they had such a large outbreak on their team and they think that it has to do with the two exhibition games that they had in atlanta before the season got started where they went out and partied in the city of atlanta while you know most of us are in georgia but if you're not Georgia, you know, has seen its share of spike cases here the last over the last month or so. So, you know, again, that's a professional team who's getting paid to play, you know, that that are that's that should have a little bit more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um and they even even they went out and, and, and acted recklessly, I guess you can say, in terms of being exposed. So, yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, I don't know what the budget for Campbell is. I don't know where they're located at, but if Let's just say it's a week before the game. Let's just say it's September 5th, and the county that they're in is experiencing a, a large spike of cases. Do we even risk it? Do we even say, yeah, come on down? Uh, I think not. I think not. Yeah, right. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Because because you don't want – I mean, and it doesn't even have to be a player. It could be like a manager. It could yeah, be, it could be the water – it could be the water boy. It could or, be, yeah, a train yeah. or whatever. That, that at the end of the game, I'm sure they won't – one of the things I probably expect is that they probably won't have the whole shaking of hands after games. Right. Um, but let's just say it's not even have to be that. It could be somebody falls out of bounds and they help them up or something along those lines. I mean, you just don't know kind of the the contact point or how, you know, this outside of knowing that this virus spreads very easily, any sort of contact or any sort of touching can lead to, to transmission. So, if if that's gonna man, the more I think about it, the the harder that I now, see. Now 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 <laughs> even the ten are you, games. Are you suddenly oh, okay. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I yeah. think it will be a miracle if we can get ten games. Honestly, I I do. Yeah. I, I'm, again, I I just want to see some football. If if I see some football this year, I'll be happy. Um, but I think I mean it may just have to be an NFL type season. But yeah. I want to see our, our our Eagles play. But I want to see them play. Right. Safe. That that is the most important thing, and and you, you know, know you can you can sit and we can argue all day of, of what that actually means, right? Uh, that, that's that yeah. you get into the the semantics of, of what is what is safe and what you know weighing risk and all this kind of stuff, and and you know we're we're not going to get into that, but the um you know that is what's most important. I think we all can agree, no matter where you lie on, on your thinking of, of the pandemic or, or whatever, that we want everyone involved to be safe, obviously. Um, and yeah. we, we all want to see football. So, you know, as I, but, yeah. yeah. And, and I just, I just kind of feel like we're that 
the NCAA as a whole and conferences in general are kind of playing like a like a, I don't want to say, oh gosh, it's like a, a game of chicken with this virus, right? Like how how long can we push? It's it a risk. Yeah, no, either, it's a risk. Yeah, Again, you've yeah. seen you've seen the case studies, if you will, with Major League Baseball and with I mean even like the the bubble situations with like MLS. You had two teams that you know were dropping out. You had uh, the women's uh, soccer Dallas. league. Yeah, Dallas. You had women's soccer league. Uh, the Orlando women's team didn't even go out to Colorado because they had an outbreak. Um, you know, so I mean it's it's. It's going to happen, and you are rolling the dice. You are. Let's let's just be honest with it. You know, so um, it's it's just going to be. You know, uh, yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to end this show being right. pessimistic like we're being, but we're just trying to kind of look at it realistically. That there's a lot of stuff that has to happen in order to ensure safety for um, not just players. I mean, I think you look at the statistics, and even though that that young people can catch this disease, obviously, you know, it's more of a a, a mortality risk to, to the older folks so when you look at it in terms of coaching that yeah. catches it if a coach catches it that's in more of a, a risk the trainers factor, personnel then, staff sids yeah. athletic directors you know what have you yeah exactly and so you know you don't want to be in a situation to where all of a sudden an offensive coordinator for whoever school is in icu sure. or passes away um it, that's just that's that's oh, man that would just be terrible and and to be honest with you if that happens, I think then and there the whole everybody shuts down. Yeah, the, the, I, I, I think I, I think agree. everything. I shuts agree. Down. And yeah, that's what I was saying. Like there, there's positive cases, and you know, and it's it's just you know you follow the protocols, you go into quarantine. There's no symptoms. There's mild cases, but yeah. then once you start seeing those serious cases, like you said, whether it's support staff, coach, or you know, God forbid, player, which we have seen, yeah. which we have seen, yeah. um, you know, yeah, we're not saying that yeah. doesn't happen. We're just saying that that it's the, it's rare. It's yeah, the, it's it's rare. Uh, so yeah. so I mean, they're obviously not in the high risk categories, but we've seen serious cases. We've seen ICU cases with young people. We've seen deaths with young people. So. God forbid that happens. Yeah, the whole thing shuts down. The whole thing shuts down. So yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, let's <laughs> let's try to pick it up a little bit and not and not in a positive note. Um, you know, Cody, do, I guess off of that, do do you think a season is gonna happen? Uh, well, we're definitely gonna yeah. try. <laughs> um, I think so. I hope so. Um, I gosh, I just you know, let's wear a mask. Let's hope for some sort of therapeutic that hopefully can kind of come along that can that can mitigate the mortality rate um and lower that significantly um prior to us getting a vaccine you know i just uh i just you know we haven't been through this since what 1918 through 1920 with the spanish flu um so this is this is new territory for everybody, pretty much. Um, unless you're like over a hundred years old, yeah. Which you're not going to college football uh, games at that point. No, but but no. yeah, I mean, you're you're uh, gonna see. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's seen that image yeah. of of the Spanish flu and people sitting in the stands for sports, wearing masks and stuff. And that 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 you know that might be the reality, right? For for 2020, and and you know it's it is what it is, and you make the best of it. Like I said earlier, I've learned not to take things for granted. So I you know I. If, if if we get any football this year, I'll be happy and I'm going to try to make the best of it. And that's my message to everybody else is try to make the best of it. Um, be smart, use your head, uh, you know, be safe yeah. and and let's make this thing happen. You know, and, and, and if, if we band together and we do it together, that's not guaranteeing anything, but it's it's, no. it's it's stacking the deck in our favor and, and, you know, improving odds that we can see this thing through and we can have a football season.
Yeah, and whatever the athletic department decides as far as fans go, let's be supportive of it because it's not going to be an easy decision. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, So if they come out and say, hey, no fans, you know, let's not – I would not be upset by that. I would be like, you know what, they're doing the best that they can with the with the situation that they're in and, and you know, kind of go from there. I know my wife and I have already talked that if they do do that, then we're just going to probably just leave our donation and season ticket thing as a donation for this year. Um, or if they give us the option to roll it over, then we'll roll it over to next year. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things in which let's just call it all band together. You know, let's do it for this team these players these coaches um this department and you know again let's just be i think as supportive as we can because whatever the decision is it's 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 going to be one that that i'm confident it's going to be a a lot of thought into it and it's not going to be an easy decision absolutely you know it's not support yeah definitely support the program no matter what both uh you know through social media and through just um, regular support, but also financially too, you know, because they'll need that too. So continue yeah. to donate. Don't, don't you know? Don't threaten to, you know, uh, like you said, remove season tickets or but if, yeah, you, if, can. if you can, I if mean, you, if you yeah, can. if you can, we know times times are hard. Are hard yeah, for for everybody out there. I mean, it's affected everybody in different ways, but everyone's been affected in some way. But but yeah, if if you can keep supporting the program you know, as, as much as you can in any way you can, whether that's financially, whether that's, um, you know, emotionally through, through just, you know, uh, social media and, 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 and so like, like you said, supporting the decisions of the athletic department. So with, with that, um, you know, I, I guess, I, I guess let's close it up, Cody. We'll, de- we'll have some, uh, future episodes here, uh, you know, hopefully where we can break down, uh, you know, talk more about, the uh the season as a whole and and actually talk about some of these yeah. matchups go more in depth with uh who we have returning and and just kind of our outlook for the season but also look at our opponents and, and when when that picture becomes a little bit more clear but for now um you know glad to be back um you know and uh hopefully we get a season and um and and looking forward to it yeah looking forward to it um Man, if we can just get back to just breaking games down and 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 previewing the next week opponent, that would that would be great if we could get to that point in the season. Because um, I certainly don't want to be having to say, well, this game's canceled, that game's canceled, or whatever. So good to be back. Hopefully, there's going to be at least ten more episodes, if not more. Right, right. <laughs> um, coming yep. up. Yeah, but you'll, they'll, but, they'll definitely start being a little bit more consistent than what than what you've. Well, you've heard. I mean, we we took this hiatus. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we took this hiatus for a reason. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, we're back back in the swing of things, and um, let's let, let's just hope. So, um, you know, as as always, Cody, uh, hail Southern. Uh, let's let's see this thing through, and yeah, hail Southern, and wear your mask, yep. folks. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gatatalk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, gata and hail Southern. Uh-huh.